You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Chiefs Training Camp Report. Day 10 of training camp has wrapped for the Kansas City Chiefs as they continue their preparation for their first preseason game on Sunday, August 13th against the New Orleans Saints. But tonight, we actually have the Hall of Fame game, first preseason game of the NFL calendar year. So let me welcome in Arrowhead Pride's leader, Pete Sweeney. Sween, you going to sprinkle some action on the Hall of Fame game tonight? Yeah, this is too random to have any kind of analysis going into it. You never know who's going to play. You never know for how long. So I think it might be one of those things where just for fun, you flip a coin and you decide who, who you're going to maybe put a little bit on. But uh, yeah, you got to put something on the first game, Steve. Yeah, uh, I don't want to. I always tell myself I'm not going to. But at some point today, I'm going to sit down and probably do some research on the Hall of Fame game and talk myself into gambling on this thing tonight. So, But we got to go to the coin. Go to the coin, Steve. You'll be better off. Trust me. And you'll save time. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll figure that out at some point today, and hopefully we'll find a way to win money uh, on this terrible preseason football game. But we got plenty to get caught up on from Thursday's practice in St. Joseph, Missouri. Another kind of long list of players who did not practice for the Kansas City Chiefs: defensive end Mike Dan out again, tight end Jody Fortson, Chris Jones still not in attendance. Uh, another possible issue, defensive lineman Charles Amena, who was out of practice today, Legereus Sneed out again, cornerback uh, Reese Taylor, wide receiver Kadarius Tony, and linebacker Drew Tranquil. So it seems like every time somebody comes off the injury list for the Chiefs, they're adding a new name, which is not really what you want to see. But uh, again, we aren't even to preseason game number one. Yeah, it, it, it again does seem like my minor issues. We noted that Amena, you had a, a calf issue, Reese Taylor, cornerback, probably trying to push for the practice squad. He's dealing with a hamstring issue. So they, they were taken off the field. I, I thought it was interesting to see Drew Tranquil out again. Remember he had that neck uh, problem. And so maybe something kind of uh, flared up there. And so they decided to be cautious. What you saw with both Charles Amenu and, and Mike Dana out of practice was more opportunity for Malik Herring. Malik Herring, now that Turk Wharton is back in the mix, to me, that would probably not be an out for the 53-man roster. So he needs these reps. Uh, not to say that you ever want to see anyone injured, but I mean, if you're Malik Herring, you like the idea that you're getting opportunities with the first team. I would also say that Josh Kando is is mixing in as well. So Josh Kando and Malik Herring are getting those opportunities with the rest of these linemen uh, out right now. And again, they need to show their value to make this roster. And so both of them, plenty of plenty of chances today to do that. Yeah, and I know every year during training camp, we have these guys that we kind of fall in love with in these camp darlings. I feel like Malik Herring has been that guy for a couple of years uh, along the defensive line where it's like, man, if he can just stay healthy and get an opportunity, he might find a way to contribute. So this is a big opportunity for him right now with 
you know, this Chris Jones holdout uh, with the, the end nowhere near in sight right now at the moment. And then Amenahu and Dana, who are going to be huge factors along that defensive line. This is a big opportunity for a player like Malik Herring. Yeah, and and I, I had him on the roster. I had him on our 53-man 2.0, but now that Turk Wharton is back, he, he also spoke to the media today, as, as you'll hear. He, he's feeling good, and I don't think the Chiefs will bring him back and activate him as far as off the PUP if they didn't believe that he could play in week one. And so you – you start to crunch those numbers. And it's just hard to see another defensive lineman making the roster. But there's, of course, things you could do. Maybe the Chiefs don't keep a third quarterback. Maybe they keep less tight ends than we think, where maybe it is 25 and 25 offense defense, and there's a way for Malik Herring to make a team. But he certainly is one of those guys, as you mentioned, that has been a camp darling and also someone who really needs to still prove it. And so we will see as these preseason games come. Finally, we're in August, Steve, and so we're 10 days away from the Chiefs' first preseason game. I think more so than the Chiefs' defensive line, though you, you hate to see that many people show up this injured this early, but I, I think we really need to start focusing a little bit more on Legereus Sneed and his health. And, and I know that the Chiefs are always cautious with these things and the way that they manage, especially a player like Legereus Sneed who – his who last season was on the field as much as any defender not named Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs. But it's starting to become a little bit worrisome as, as this knee issue continues to pop up for the Chiefs cornerback. So I, I'm starting to get a little bit worried about Sneed, Pete. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. And you combine that with Nazi Johnson going down the other day. I mean, you're a one or two bumps and bruises away from essentially having three cornerbacks that you had from last year. And so uh, I think it is something that maybe should be getting more notice. I, I, the Chiefs have some options here in, in I said, you know, I've said beyond the, the regular guys, you have Nick Jones, who rookie, uh, the, the seventh rounder from this year, uh, he has played inside, outside, seems to be um, running with the backups in the nickel. You also have Kalef Kalesi, who has, slowly had his stock rise, I think, throughout camp. And then the local flavor, Eco Boy Doe, um, you might be digging into the depth. Remember, at the beginning of, of last year, it wasn't Snead, it was McDuffie that had that freak issue with the turf in Arizona. The Chiefs had to dip into their depth then. You just wonder how deep they may have to go. And again, it's a real shame, and I've said this a couple times, because they were six solid young corners deep, and suddenly you, know, you could see situations, scenarios, where it could, it could get a little scary there. So we will have to watch the cornerback room and certainly you hope to see Jerry Sneed back in the practice field either Friday or Saturday as the Chiefs lead into their day off on Sunday. And you tweeted out that the Chiefs had Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson and Joshua Williams on the field, which is the group that you kind of expect. And, and last season we saw when, when McDuffie was healthy, that Watson and Williams kind of rotated depending on who the Chiefs were more confident in that week, I think. But T tell us a, a little bit about the training camp so far of Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson, because I feel like we haven't talked about them a ton. And it feels like Joshua Williams, especially, has been a little up and down so far for the Chiefs. Well, I think at the beginning of camp, they were doing what they did last year, which is rotating these guys in as far as time with the first team. It really, I think majority of reps is that third quarterback cornerback has been Watson this camp, but Williams had been certainly mixing in. Then you had two, three days in a row where Nazi Johnson was getting those opportunities instead of Watson and Williams. Then you had 
uh, three days in a row where Williams was the guy. And then today you saw Watson there. So I really think when it comes to these top cornerbacks, the Chiefs, other than you know, Trent McDuffie and Legere Sneed, who they lock in as their one and two when Sneed is good to go, are still kind of figuring out even a year later which cornerback they want to roll with, which they like better. And I, I think it makes sense that they could continue to give Williams these opportunities. Remember, he was the fourth rounder, whereas Jalen Watson was the seventh rounder. Hard to ignore, though, what Watson has done in actual games with basically being the reason the Chiefs won that game against the Chargers with the 99-yard uh, touchdown interception return. And I just think uh, this is a, a cornerback room that is fluid. And, and Steve Spagnuolo, uh, to his credit, I, I think really allows these guys to, to earn it. And I think they're still going through that process even a year later after we did see such a rotation throughout the year uh, in 2022. It's time for our daily wide receiver room check-in. And Pete, you tw- <laughs> you tweeted this out. And uh, I-, I know that you are a well-respected voice in the Chiefs community and within the Chiefs media realm. And so a lot of people take what you say very seriously, but you tweeted out top receivers for the Chiefs in training camp have consistently been Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson, meaning running with the first team. And... I immediately, uh, amongst Chiefs Twitter, I guess, saw this meltdown of, oh my gosh, (laughs) I can't believe Justin Watson's going to play this many snaps this season. And just just share with us a little bit about that, because I think that Justin Watson is just getting the veteran nod here and the respect that Andy Reid has already vocally shown for him. But that doesn't mean that Justin Watson is going to play 95% of the chief snaps this season. Well, I, I think part of that is Kadarius Tony being out. I, I think if Kadarius Tony was healthy right now, which we know he's not, it would probably be Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Skymore, and Kadarius Tony rather than Justin Watson. But I, I think you're right. I think Andy Reid is making the Justin Rosses and the Rasheed Rices of the world prove it a bit here. And I want to be clear here because I did see a couple tweets of like, Pete doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm not <laughs> saying that receivers in camp. They're not, you know, that's not, that's not the claim that I'm making. They've just been participating the most with the first team, especially in the 11 personnel, you know, one running back, one tight end and the three receivers on the field at the same time. The first players up are usually those players in, in Marquez Valdez, Scantling, Sky Moore, and Justin Watson, just like the first running back to touch the football every day has been Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Now we fast forward to week one, that may not be the case, but we're just kind of reporting what we see here and I think a big part of Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross pushing these guys for those first team snaps and more of them uh, Richie James you can include in that is going to be what can they do in the preseason game this is where the the preseason comes into play because you, know, you can do everything out here in, in St. Joe and you can mimic uh, football as, as best you can but there's nothing like actually you know having to be hit and and taking those hits and holding on to the football and so I think that's Right, Steve. I, I think that's the direction that Andy Reid is going in right now. Uh, but uh, of course, here on what are we in August second, August third, that could change by the time we get to August thirtieth, and certainly by the time we get to September seventh. Yeah, we we do this every year. There's no reason to overreact to this. There's no reason to freak out. Justin Watson is going to get plenty of snaps for the Chiefs this year. He got plenty of snaps last season. 
but it makes sense that he would be running with the first team a lot. He's a veteran player who is experienced in the offense. Same with MBS. Sky Moore, second year. He played he even though he wasn't as involved in the offense as a rookie as we would have liked, it makes sense for your second round pick headed into year number two to be heavily involved in the offense. And Justin Ross didn't play last season. Rasheed Rice is a rookie. Like there's no reason to overreact to Justin Ross. He's going to be, or to Justin Watson. He's going to be on this team. But I, I think everything that we've seen so far in camp from, from Rice, from Ross, from Sky Moore should have everyone very optimistic that at some point those could be your starting wide receivers uh, down the line. Right, and it's not like they're not getting reps with Mahomes. All the, all the tweet meant was they're not getting most of the reps. Most of the reps are going to those other guys. And again, this is training camp, right? So just because something is happening at the beginning or middle of camp, I guess we're in the middle now, Steve. This is the longest camp of all time. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't mean that it can't change by the end of it. So we, we shall see what happens in the wide receiver room. So before we get out of here, any other standouts from Thursday's Chiefs practice? I've, I've been impressed with, with the, the ball hawk ability of, of Mike Edwards. I think this is, a, this is a trait that I think the Chiefs defense has been searching for a long time, and they go and get this guy who had seven interceptions in the four years with uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I just think he brings that ball hawk knack to the Kansas City Chiefs. I've counted now, I believe it's been like three you know, tip drill interceptions for Edwards. And I, I know that, oh, that's, you know, that's an easy kind of pick because the ball's in the air. It's like, but yeah, but the Chiefs really haven't been able to come down with a lot of those in recent years. And I, I think that's a point of emphasis for Steve Spagnuolo. I thought the defense did a nice job today. I really thought the defense probably looked a little bit better than the offense did, which is nothing to, to be upset about. You'd like to see, and Andy Reid will say this all the time, you like to see one side win each and every day. Andy Reid probably hopes it's usually the offense because that's the side that that he uh, obviously um, is most involved with. But uh, when the defense wins certain days, that that's a good thing. And I I thought the defense did a nice job uh, in this look that we had uh, on Thursday. And then just as far as uh, the the linebackers go, you didn't have Drew Tranquil out there today, and so uh, Jack Cochran it looked like was getting more opportunities, and that's good because you know. Cochran should make this team, should make this 53 for special teams. But as we know, we, we think this linebacker room is pretty deep and injuries happen. And so good to see uh, him get some opportunity as well. He's Pete Sweeney. Follow him on Twitter at PG Sweeney. If you're listening to us on the podcast page, I want to remind you, stick around after the break. We'll have all the Chiefs press conferences from Thursday. We heard from offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, backup quarterback Blaine Gabbert, defensive lineman Tershawn Wharton, and tight end Noah Gray. Please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. And make sure you're checking out all of our training camp coverage at arrowheadpride.com. Chiefs return to the practice field tomorrow. We will talk to you then. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away that's where viator steps in you can book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place 
to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24/7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I am Steven Serta. After Thursday's practice, we heard from offensive coordinator Matt Nagy, as well as backup quarterback Blaine Gabbert, defensive lineman Tershawn Wharton, and tight end Noah Gray. We'll go in that order, starting with the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Now, um, we call it our long drive drill, and uh, what it does is it simulates to these guys um, being you know, mentally strong while they're tired, uh, simulating some drives uh, while they're out there, um, one of those long extended drives and makes them kind of think a little bit. It's run, it's pass, it's everything. And a lot of the guys that are new to it, um, at first they're like, man, what's going on? But then, you know, we get a lot of uh, new players that come in and when they get to the end of the season, they really appreciate it because it, it helps them from the very beginning. Yeah, um, Noah's been doing really, really well. Um, again, for me being here last year for my first time, getting to know who he was and how he works, He's a great blend um, of the, the two positions in our offense, of the Y and the U position. Uh, and he's having a, a really good camp, um, you know, just making plays when, when the calls are for him, uh, doing well in the run game. And uh, I think he's in a really good place. Yeah, it's great. I mean, you can use it to your advantage against the defense personnel-wise, um, whether it's 13 personnel, 12 personnel, 11. Um, but when you have tight ends like we have that can, you know, catch, block, um, do it all, I think it, it stresses out the defense a little bit. I think every year it can it can certainly change. Um, you know, for us right now, if we need to um, do more fullback stuff, we have the ability to do it. If it's something that we choose not to do, then, then we don't need to. I think it, it can, for us, help us in, in different ways. Um, Noah's done a great job at, in that role. Um, we have other guys, too, that can do that. So it gives you a little bit of flexibility. Matt, is there a defining quality to this year's group of wide receivers? Or something this group maybe you didn't have before? Um, I don't know if there's one necessarily that jumps out to me other than very similar to last year is there's just a, an immense amount of competition, which you always love to have in that room. Um, you know, for these guys, the guys that were here last year that were young, getting to understand how Pat works, uh, both in the classroom and then on the field in practice, uh, you know, uh, understanding the play is always alive. But it's a really good group of guys that they support each other um, when there is a lot of competition. I think they're all excited right now. Um, we're kind of at the peak of our volume of plays in training camp, and there's a lot of carryover from other installs. So what can happen is these guys, we have a lot of different rules um, within the offense. It's a little bit of an overload right now, which stresses them mentally 
uh, which means physically they gotta they gotta really take it to the to the max. So when we get to preseason, we pull back a little bit, and in that mode, Adam, we're able to um, let them play fast because there's not as much volume. But we're kind of at the peak right now. Yeah, you'll see that with some of the players. What you want to look for is guys that do not repeat the same mistakes. Um, and so there are going to be mistakes learning the offense. There's going to be mistakes when you're going up against the defense, but don't repeat them. So that's really what we look for. And then the guys that don't make mistakes. So you kind of combine that, and then obviously you got to have traits as well. First of all, work with Patrick. Did you have a sense that he knew he had this in him? Yeah. How did that show? Um, well, I'd say this. Uh, there was a lot that we worked on with him as a rookie. I mean, I can go back to, and you guys have heard me say it, is his footwork and stance under center to the verbal cadence of just calling a play. There was so much no huddle. Those are the, the easier parts of the game. But just listening to him, to him understand and talk through a play on video, being in practice, he would always stay back. And when Alex was running a play, he'd always be back there doing the footwork for the play, whether it's a handoff, drop back, et cetera. And you can just tell. Um, and then, of course, that game against Denver, you saw him put it into action. But he's wired the right way. He has a rare DNA, and, and um, it's all coming out right now. Between then and now, do you see something where he, he just in his drive, it says, I want to be the best there ever was? Protections. I mean, he, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, from his rookie year not understanding protections to now where he's at, he's, he's, he's really, really good with protections, understanding what defenses are throwing at him. I mean, these defensive coordinators are really good, and they like to throw a lot of different looks at you and change the, the, um, the back end pre-snap. And so film study, but him also understanding and taking what we do schematically with our protection scheme, because if you're not protected, you can't throw. So he, and he's mastered that. Now he wants to be even better, but he's that, that's the part of the game. He's always had the physical traits to throw and run and all that stuff. But the mental side of protections, he's, uh, he's really at another level and it frustrates him when he doesn't get it right, which we love. Patrick talked about how he's, he's, Use Gabbard to kind of pick some things, yeah. uh, you know, from his brain about the way Brady went about his business. What's the importance of having a, a veteran like Gabbard in the quarterback room to kind of use as a sounding board? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's an advantage for sure. I think um, for Patrick, maybe the first year or two, um, it's definitely for him an, an advantage in the fact that he can use that guy like Chad Henney or Matt Moore to really help him as a young up-and-coming guy that doesn't have a lot of experience to help him through situations along with Kafka, EB, and Coach. Um, but now he's he's, he's he, he really can handle a lot of things on his own, but now you bring a guy in like Blaine or like Chad Henney from last year, the support there that they give is invaluable, and I think it's more of a luxury. Um, but what Pat does is he uses that to make him better because he doesn't think he has all the answers. So he wants to learn more from others, see how others have done it. A guy like Tom Blaine has been really, really good with that stuff, and um, it's it's really it's meshed really well. Yeah, you probably heard Andy say this a lot that the quarterback is an extension of the head coach mm -hmm. on the field. How have you seen that evolve with Patrick over the years, and how does he kind of define that to you now? Yeah, um, number one, making plays. There's a trust factor with the head coach and the quarterback. So if you if you can make plays, um, if you can get things right in meetings, 
uh, in regards to what you see in tape, right? Or as you're listening with those two, when they just get together and talk ball, you take that and you take it to the field. Um, also criticism. So if there's a bad play that happens, how do you handle that? They've built this rapport of a mutual respect for one another. And now what happens is, is they, they're able to um, continue to grow with that. And I think you slowly start to see um, Patrick now in meetings, Patrick on the field, uh, be able to, to help teach and have it come from him rather than all the coaches all the time. And that can that carries a lot of weight. So that didn't happen year one or year two. You had to earn that. And Patrick's earned every bit of that. And um, now coach, coach has final say in everything, but he's given Patrick a lot of flexibility to, to use his voice as a platform with our, with our players. Because those guys, they listen to every word that Coach and Pat say. Last one, please. Yeah, the numbers have got better come comebacks in the fourth quarter than any of the analytics and stats. Yeah. Have. How much do you sense that his new call has to do with that, or what's the right reason in your eyes? Yeah, um, well, I mean, coming back is all about what you have inside of you with that belief. you got to believe. So there's trust, there's belief. He believes more than anybody in any situation that there's a chance to win when he's playing quarterback and with this with this group of guys and, and coaches. So there's that. But then there's also the preparation. So he perhaps situationally, he understands – um, so much of, of the game and sit, you know where he's at, how much time's left, what you got to do. What's neat is he gives a lot of input as to what he thinks we should get to, which you love as a coach because if a if a player quarterback per se has belief and conviction in a play, they usually make it work. So he he really does a great job with prepping, understanding, and then making it happen. All right, yep. take care. Got business in the front, party in the back, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Blaine Patrick talked about how he uses you to better learn more about how Tom Brady went about his business in a recent article. Can you elaborate more, you know, about that and how you uh, you help him when he uh, asks those questions? Yeah, it's just high-level football conversations that we have. Um, how Tom saw the game, how Patrick sees the game, and you know, I've been fortunate enough to be surrounded by both those guys now. Um, I'm still building that relationship with Patrick, but. Uh, you know, Tom and I had a great one over the last three years, and you know, just seeing how Tom operated, seeing how Patrick operates, um, and just kind of trying to bring ideas, to kind of both sides of the table, and um, ultimately help Patrick be better than he already is. Um, and he's a phenomenal player right now, but um, he's kind of an open book, an open mind, um, to see how other guys play the game. Early presence of Noah Gray. Um, what do you see from the tight end? He's a great kid. Um, works extremely hard. Quick and out of the break, sure-handed, strong, um, eager to get better every day. He's a great target to have. Um, and the way we use tight ends in this offense, the more you have, the better. Um, you regulate defensive looks with tight ends on the football field, and Noah's been doing a great job throughout camp. Organizations, do you have to just adjust your own preparation? You know what's working for you to stay ready, but here yeah. with the Chiefs, is there something that you have learned that is kind of a little different or helped you or, you know, just something that you've picked up? Yeah, it's a great question. Every organization is so different. Top down, ownership, general manager, head coach, coaching staff, players. Um, and for instance, in Tampa, like we were a very old team. We were, I think we're the oldest team in the NFL the last few years. So coming to the Chiefs, where we're a very young team, um, there's definitely more of a leadership, old guy type of role here. I think Travis and I are the oldest guys on the team right now. And uh, I had definitely not been the oldest guy on the team because Tom was old, but um, yeah, every routine's different, every organization's different. Personally, I try and keep my routine very similar, getting ready for practice, how I 
study the playbook, how I study the game plans, um, how I physically get ready for the day. But um, yeah, every routine's different, um, so you gotta gotta tinker with the timing of things. But for the most part, um, every organization's dialed in the way they want to do it, and you just have to come in and kind of learn that routine. It's a lot of fun. Um, I was talking to Vahe the other day, and I. I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I've been in a lot of systems over the last 13 years, but it's refreshing having to learn a new one, um, having to really be on your P's and Q's in the install meetings with Coach Reed because he's always asking you questions. So um, it forces you to kind of get one step ahead as the quarterback because ultimately younger players will come to you and ask you questions regardless if it's my first year in the system. So um, I want to be that kind of sounding board, that resource. So um, it forces me to get ahead, stay ahead, um, and learn at a quick pace. I know I know they go to Pat often because they're trying to get those points mm-hmm. reps, they're trying to get chemistry with him. How often do they come to you and what is that like? It's just talking to him. You just talk through every place. I watch Pat Pat's play, he watches my plays and you know it's a collective group effort to get everybody on the same page. Um, we all want to be seeing saying the same thing. So um, anytime that we can kinda of interject and tell the receivers, hey, this is what we saw here, do this or this is what the receivers saw and felt they want to do that. So uh, it's a group effort, a collective effort between the quarterbacks and the coaching staff. Coach has a history of, of taking players at different points in their career, and it doesn't matter. He makes them all better. Can you see why, why is that, you think? Uh, first and foremost, he's a great person. Um, the biggest thing, he lets you kind of be you. Um, and as you've seen over the course of the years, he doctors a play call to a specific guy, Alex, to Patrick, Matt Moore, uh, Chad, kind of bits and pieces here the last few years. So um, as a play caller, the Coach Reed does a great job. The coaching staff does a great job having kind of a plan for each and every guy. Um, but, yeah, he, I mean, his track record speaks for itself. Um, he's a great coach. How much would you like to play for him coming out of college? It would have been a lot of fun. Um, just the consistency that he brings um, kind of top down, front office and his coaching staff. It's I've seen it from afar. Uh, I saw Alex came here right after San Francisco, and then I went to San Francisco. So watching Alex's career here kind of take off and have a lot of success was kind of fun for me to see. Um, but yeah, Coach Reed, I mean, his track record speaks for itself. It's pretty phenomenal to watch. The eager, eagerness to learn, eagerness to make plays. Um, we're a young group, I think the best plays. Um, but it's fun to see a young group of guys like that, fresh legs, eager to get out here each and every day try and get better. There's always something they want to work on. They're always asking questions, doing extra things. You see them getting extra reps after practice. So um, having a young group of guys like that that you can kind of mold, that they're open to coaching, open to different techniques, it's a lot of fun to see. Yeah, Brian, um, looking at, you know, Pat and these young generation of quarterbacks that are stars now, just how often you, do you look back at the beginning of your own career about how, you know, you were the ones that up and coming star? Yeah, it's... I don't like to look back too much. It makes me kind of feel old. But um, we're it's a funny story. We were watching film. There's like a play we put in at the end of the game, and it was from 2011 in Jacksonville. And they were like, "That was you at quarterback." They're like, "We couldn't even see you. The film was so grainy." So that really made me feel. I was like, coming from college, I thought that film was like crystal clear and good. But they're like, we watch it now. I'm like, you can't even see me throwing the football. It was so bad. But yeah, so looking back makes me feel old. So I don't really do it that much. But a lot of veterans have come here and say that this is the toughest camp that they've had anywhere when they've played other places. And they also talk about how efficient it is yeah. and how much work they get done. So how, how does it compare to some of the other camps that you've gone through? It's a great camp. I told Coach Reed yesterday, it's fun kind of going back, getting away, going 
to Missouri Western, kind of getting away from the normal facility. Um, it's an old school method, and uh, you know it's fresh, it's refreshing, it's simple. Um, you just got football to deal with. Um, but we had tough camps in Tampa. It's, I mean, any training camp's tough. It's not many camp cupcakes. Um, the weather in Tampa was I mean, extremely hot, but uh, we put a lot of work in here. It's three days full straight pad, so um, when we're on the we're on the grass here, it's it's full tilt. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Yeah. How you doing? It's going good, you know, getting back in the world of things. So that's always good to be back out there. So how do you pace yourself knowing the first preseason game is still like 11 days or so away and you're in the dog days? Well, I mean, right now we just getting, well, for me, you know, coming back off an of injury, I'm just preparing to get back fully healthy and continue to take my strides and so I could play, you know. So that's why. Coming back from a serious injury can be a long, arduous process. I, I just wonder what, how, what were some strategies to stay positive along the way? Who did you turn to? Um, I think, uh, of course, they was in season. So uh, just seeing the guys come in and see me on the training tables. They encourage me to always like keep my head up, and then I like to attack everything like a pro. So attacking it and just um, seeing my strides when you know as the months come along and being able to do things that I wasn't able to do, it always made me continue to keep my head up and smile through the process. What you like about your teammates celebrating when you hit the field yesterday? So how did it feel when you made that walk and saw your teammates and how happy they were? I think it took a moment to just take it all in because I've been watching for so long and uh, I never had a serious injury. And just seeing those guys, like, their reaction to it, it just showed that there's a family here and that I got love on the team, you know? Turk, uh, your first head coach at Missouri S&T, Tyler Fenwick, he's a head coach here now at Missouri Western first year. Um, just some really good years that you had there. Um, just what are your memories of coach and what can you say? How did he kind of help shape who you are as a person and a player? I think um, since my freshman year there, he always, uh, Coach Fenwick was a good guy. He took me in, and um, I was a lighter guy, but he made sure I played. And Fenwick, he, he kind of, like, got his own personality, and he made sure I was who I am. Like, you know, he kind of shaped me. I never had a, a real head coach until I met him, I felt like. How much have you guys been able to stay in touch over the years, and what did it mean to you to be a part of that group that kind of put that program that was down on its luck, kind of put S&T on the map there? I, I stay in contact with Fenwick a lot. Um, his family always reach out to me, his kids, and uh, seeing him out here was good. He, he shake my hand all the time. And uh, When I first got up here, those first few days, I went to his office and chatted with him. I had Judy, and she's great. You know, uh, she kind of put those, put those. Um, her job, she emphasizes it well, and she got me right. So, you know, I think all the things that you hear about Judy, I just say it's true. How eager are you just to go full go? Because you know, Andy likes to keep guys in that rainbow period. So, just I think, um, uh, of course, you know, I'm ready. Because, like I said, I've been watching, and um, when I get out there, you know, I'm just ready. For now, I'm taking it with stride, what they're telling me to do. But, yeah, I'm ready. Did you look frustrated when they walked you over the tent and you missed that one of his reps? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, like I said, I'm ready to go. You know, uh, I'm tired of watching. You know, kind of feel like a cheerleader right now, but it's coming. It's coming. Yeah, watching all the celebration last year just give you some extra motivation. Oh yeah, I mean, I, of course, I made it to a Super Bowl within my rookie year, and we played. We didn't get the outcome we we wanted, and seeing them win, I'm happy for them. You know, uh, of course, all of I know the training camp that they went through, the season ups and downs, but and I, I mean, they work for it. So watching it, you know, I want to go get one. I want to go play in it. Oh, best playlist. I probably go Willie Gay. Willie Gay. He kind of he mix everything in there. He got a lot of, a lot of class in it. And uh, worse. Oh, worse. I don't know. I don't know about the worse. I got Willie for the best though. All right. Thank you all. Uh, they're both really good quarterbacks. Um, I don't think, I don't know. It's They're great quarterbacks, and it's fun catching for them. Any speed-wise or anything that's different that you adjust when you're catching them off from one or the other? No, I mean, they're both very accurate. They both read the defense very well. So just, you know, got to keep your hands up out of the break every time, uh, you know, either of those guys are throwing the ball to you. Is there anything more that you can get a point as the Warriors have been canceled? I think all of us are having a, a really awesome camp. So it's uh, it's been a lot of fun. we got a great tight end group in there, and we're always helping each other out schematically, uh, things that we can do better out there. So um, I think just having a great group like that and, you know, keeping each other up when it's hot and humid out here and the practices are long, uh, it's a huge benefit to that. And huge credit out to all the guys up in the, uh, up in the building up there. No way to get next step is for you this year. Um, I'm just going to keep working hard and being the best teammate that I can possibly be. Um, that's all that I think the coaches and uh, my teammates ask for me, and uh, I'm not going to try to do too much um, and just do my job. And Andy opted to maybe not have a fullback this year. You mentioned your name. What would the conversation been like maybe in playing that role? Yeah, I'm just doing whatever the coaches ask me to do, whatever they need me um, you know, to fill that role. So uh, I'm just having fun with whatever position that they, they put me in. Um, yeah, I mean, just understanding this offense. This is a difficult offense to understand, and there's a lot of moving parts to it. So um, I think in that regard, it's uh, been a lot easier moving, you know, forward here, which has been really good. And uh, you know, I, and I'd say that's probably the biggest thing is just retaining the information, being able to go out there and play fast. Yeah, I mean, he's always asking us a lot of questions, making sure that we know exactly what he saw. Um, but it, it's just really good having that knowledgeable of a coach that is able to teach us, coach us. He coaches every position um, the same, and it's just really encouraging to kind of have that leader uh, as our head coach. How do you feel as a blocker compared to a year ago? Good. Um, you know, Coach Tom Melvin does a great job in individual and. Uh, even in meetings to make sure that we're getting our footwork right, our hands right, 
uh, and just being the best possible you know, overall football player, but especially a blocker. So huge credit out to Coach Tom Melvin and the other guys who are giving looks, who are working hard in practice to help us get better every single day. That's why we're out here at camp. One of the big things that you had come out of college was how short your hands were. Where did that maybe uh, you just continue working hard and, you know, listening to the coaches and mentors that you have in football. Um, and I think that's just where it stems from. I think that's where everyone out here who uh, is fortunate enough to play in the NFL, um, there's a reason why those guys are out here too. And, um, you know, seeing different drills that other guys do and stuff and learning from them has just always been super awesome. So um, a lot of great guys out here that can catch the ball really good and uh, a lot of great different drills they can do. You've been around Travis now for a while. Are there things and specific things that you feel like that you've picked up with your game and kind of added to it that maybe you you now feel like maybe you play like Travis a little bit and you emulate him in some ways? Not at all. Not no, at all? No. I uh, I learn a lot from him because, you know, I think he's the greatest tight end to ever play the game. Um, and he's an excellent mentor. I mean, he's an even better friend, too. So uh, watching him out here picking his brain is always good. But, you know, Travis Kelsey, Travis Kelsey for a reason. I'm just trying to do my job to the best of my ability. And, you know, not, not try to do too much more than that. Is that a purposeful thing that you try to do to just make sure that you stay yourself and you're not trying to do a Travis Kelsey impersonation? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, coaches ask me to just be myself and play my game. So I'm uh, not trying to get too ahead of myself. I mean, he's just very intelligent, knowledgeable, and he's been in the league for 10-plus years. So a guy like that sees the defenses differently. Um, and it's just really cool to see him talk through how he looks at defenses and safeties and corners and what he's thinking, um, you know, mid-route. So, um, you know, getting the first-hand take of that every day in a meeting room, you know, has been absolutely incredible the past three years. So. Yeah, absolutely. He's a great mentor in that regard. You know, you get done a play, he's always right there to, you know, ask you what you saw and, and help you get better for the next rep. I know you uh, you won a pickleball tournament in the offseason with Gary Dieter as your partner. He's proclaimed himself as the best pickleball player in Kansas City. Would you say that's accurate or is he embellishing? Uh, he's definitely not the best pickleball player in Kansas City. There's a lot of good pickleball players out there, but um, he is a good uh, good player and it's fun playing with guys like that in the offseason. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit MethodProducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.